Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is your boy, Chris Vega, and welcome to episode number two of the Completed Podcast. Today, I have fellow co-hosts, Brandon Scott Tanner and B-Bunny Smith. Go ahead and uh, say hi to everybody, guys. So yeah, uh, welcome to episode two, everybody. Uh, So we're kind of going to lead into All Will Be One. As you guys may know, the pre-release was this last weekend, and it just dropped on Arena on the 7th, which is three days ago for you guys listening, as uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. So, uh, what do you guys think of the set so far? Uh, I really like it so far. Uh, I've played a little bit on Arena. I, you know, did the $50 pre-order bundle thing, and uh, thankfully opened a lot of pretty good cards out of those packs. Um so I've been enjoying it. I haven't played any limited with it yet, um, but I hear that the limited format is insanely fast. Uh, I haven't played it at all. <laughs> I am waiting for it to drop on Magic the Gathering Online, or Moto, or most people. But you have an Arena account with, like, everything on it? I do have an Arena account with a lot of stuff on it, but I still need a lot more stuff, and I didn't pre-order the bundle, so my smart self didn't do that. Um, all good. So, I yeah, kick myself wait. in the ass when I don't pre-order. So I just like made sure that I did this time. It was like I'm gonna buy 50 packs anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like I may as well buy them while I can buy them for a dollar. Yeah, I just need to grind some limited. I, I heard the limited format's like super fun. So we'll see. Yeah, Cameron's been playing it a lot, um, and he's really been enjoying it. I feel like. You basically have to have something on turn one, from what I understand, or else you're going to die. And then there's, like, a few cards that are, like, just insanely powerful. The Emperor. (laughs) Yeah, that card's pretty hard to beat, but, like, Skrull's Hive is, like, unbeatable. Really? Basically. I guess. I mean, you're always making a 1-1. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's Bitter Blossom that eventually gives your dude's lifelink. That's pretty good. It's true. Yeah. So it's yeah. all of the upside of Bitter Blossom, and then it takes away the downside. But there's also a lot of like rares and mythics that just suck in limited, like in the set. Is there? Like a lot. Like there's a lot. There's a lot. Dude, like my uh, packs were like, I drafted this set I think like twice. Uh, first one went alright. I had like Kaya's and stuff, so that that went pretty well. Um, and then the second time, I had a sweet, like, green-white toxic aggro deck. It had a rock priest in it, but that was, like, it. Uh, my packs were my Sith Gardens, which is unplayable. That four-mana enchantment that lets you, like, play spells from your graveyard, but you can only use it, like, once a turn. And you can't even use it the turn it comes into play. Um, you can also play lands from your graveyard, but that's not really relevant and limited. It's a grindy card, it's just, it's not very good in my opinion. It was like some. That's fair. And it was some other random, just rare that wasn't good. I don't even remember what it was. That's how bad it was. I had well, the Rob Priest it, like shipped to me. Ickerman, so I was like, uh, Gauntlet is like pretty unplayable and limited. I feel. Like. Oh yeah, that's definitely one of the rares that's like pretty good and constructed, but yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't be caught dead playing that. Yeah. So I agree. So talking about constructed, 
what are the top three decks that you have seen from All Will Be One that interest you the most? The decks that you think are going to be around for a while, you know, they're just solid, they're good. Uh, I mm -hmm. think uh, that the Mono White Midrange deck is probably my most appealing deck. I think that deck is super cool. Um, like, all the Mono White decks just seem super good. I, I don't... Uh, they're just super consistent, I think. And they're super powerful. They have a good late game. They have a good mid game. And their early game is just like, you know, just like every Mono White deck ever. So, um, I mean, the decks are super well-rounded. Um, and it just it just hammers a lot of matchups. Um, I'm interested to see, like, actually what people are brewing. Like, I want to see what a control deck looks like in this format. Like, an actual, like like put together like tested constantly control deck to see like if it's actually a viable strategy because the more i know we talked about this i think in our last episode but the more i look at the wandering emperor or the emperor whatever you know the new wandering emperor uh the more i think that card is nuts in the format so i don't know i'd like to see a control deck uh that's pretty sweet but yeah i think there will be one one problem is that like Every time a new set comes out, the first, like, week or two, Control kind of struggles because everybody just plays Mono Red because of how hard it, like, absolutely shits on, like, the brews and stuff like that. Um, I feel like it's a, like, I feel like you need to give the format, like, a week or two before you can start, like, seeing what people transition into playing with the new set. Um... I, I'm also in the same boat. Like, I think the mono-white deck is super appealing. Uh, I played some of the blue-black Rot Priest combo deck. It's Blue-black? Like, or, sorry, blue-green. <laughs> and it's... Uh, I was it, like, it, can you play yeah. Rot Priest in those colors? There is a blue-black Toxic deck, but I haven't tried to build it. It looks like it's just a bunch of crappy creatures that suck. But the, uh, the blue-green Rot Priest deck is pretty fun until uh, you do, like, the Boggles thing, where you have to mulligan to four to find anything, because without creatures, you have no way to get there. So you have to have at least some amount of creatures, and Ivy is, like, the worst card in the deck by itself. That's fair. Like, it doesn't do anything unless you have the Rock Priest in play. And then it, like, wins the game super hard. Or a Drake. Drake's pretty good, too. You just draw a ton of cards, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Drake is, like, what you do to help you find the Rot Priest. But the deck yeah. kind of needs Rot Priest to do anything, so I, I, I'm not a big fan. I think it's really fun right now, but I think that, you know, in a month or two, that, like, I think by the time of the RC, that that deck's not going to exist anymore. Uh, I don't know. I still think people will probably be drawn to it, but... I don't know. I did see a really sweet Blu-ray control list that was like it, like it played at Ovika. Yeah, the one five. of Ovika, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, it has two. It has two, but two. Okay. It's only is that the, yeah, uh, is that the seven mana? Yeah, it's the seven mana. Lord three and Lord, pay three live. Yeah, maybe cast a non-creature spell, create X one ones. Look, um, I appreciate that that deck just plans to just tap seven lands on its own turn, just cast a big dude and just be like, all right. Well, well not it necessarily. Does have... 
It has War 3, Pay 3 life. I mean... And I'm not saying the deck is good, but it's also playing Fable, so like, there's an opportunity where you can, like, power it out a little bit ahead of time. But... Yeah, I mean, you can cast it a little early, but I just it's think definitely, it's... like, big dick in it, you know? Yeah, I think Teferi Temporal Program is just a really cool card, and I think mm-hmm. it's really good, and that deck plays it, so... Because you're just playing, really like... Good. You're just playing, like, Flame Bless Bolt, and you're playing, like, Essence Scatters, Brain down the House. Spears. Yeah, Burn Down the House, Brotherhood's End, Fables, Memory Deluge, like, all these cards that are just, like, just basically, it's, like, I feel like it's, like, similar to the old standard decks, where it was, like, you played your win condition, like, when you finally slogged through most of the game, and then you just had your hand to protect the win condition, and that was it. Like, that was, like, that's it, Yeah. Know? It's definitely a lot cooler than just, like, on your opponent's turn seven and stuff, just casting Holebreaker Horror, and then... Yeah. I'm sure they play in the sideboard. I can't imagine they, they do. wouldn't. Yeah, they okay. would. <laughs> say, it definitely is nostalgic to be playing a control deck and just grind your way out and then just eventually be like, all right, well, deal with it. Yeah. It's a cool I deck. Also, I also did, like, uh, Ally, uh Ali Antrazi's Esper Planeswalker deck, too. Yeah. That deck's a lot of fun. Man, (laughs) it's not good. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's super fun to play. But I do not think that deck is good. I I think it's pretty good. And so one problem with that deck that I have is that my Arena account is blacklisted, and I will play... I play versus, like, exclusively Mono Red. Um, And... Good God, that deck like can't beat Mono Red. Well, yeah, no. yeah. the Not only way the in that deck to like gain any life is the three Roska and the one four mana Teferi, mm. or not Roska, Wandering Emperor. Excuse me. Um, it, it just like it's such a like do nothing deck that like the like Mono Red and then Mono White Aggro like soldiers and stuff like that just kind of get under you. Yeah, I feel that. So. What about think, you, Vega? What are you excited uh, for? Personally, I think the Jun midrange deck with Thrun in the main, that deck looks sick. Yeah, it That does. deck looks really good. And, like, I don't think there's a lot of ways to deal with Thrun right now. Like, aside from, like, Edict and, you know, a couple other cards here and there, but Thrun's just hard to remove in general. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't think people are really playing the Edict so much, though. So that's one good thing that you have going for you, is that it's, like, pretty hard to remove um, without it. And you get to play Riveteer's Charm. That card is... card's strong, man. It's really good. Really so far, strong. my favorite Jund card is definitely Unleash the Inferno, though. Oh, that... Yeah. I fucking... I love that card. It feels really good when your opponent, like, crews up a Reckoner Bankbuster and you blow it up and naturalize their uh, wedding ceremony. Ugh. She's hot. I will say this. This set has a lot more, like, okay, so, like, minus all the crazy printings, like, the crazy different printings, this set has a lot of expensive cards in it. Like, like just, to, just for reference, like, Elish Norn on TCG Play right now is is $40. Jeez. The market price is forty four dollars and twenty cents, and that's just for the regular non foils. Jeez, Mondrak, Mondrak. Oh yeah, that card's are, are, crazy. Their market, that market price, the market price on Mondrak right now is thirty six dollars. 
So, like, if you wanted to play them on a white deck, and, like, if the price doesn't calm down between now and, like, you know, the RC, which it probably will. This set hasn't released yet, so it's all pre-release stuff, or, like, you know, pre-order stuff, but, like, yeah, but it's just, like, I mean, that's just expensive to even pre-order, I think. Like, I think you just, like, negative equity yourself if you pre-order that stuff, but, I don't know. I just think that this set, as opposed to the, like, let's just say the recent three sets, is way more expensive than... (laughs) In the recent three decks, or the I mean, recent three sets. Yeah, you also have to keep, it's a lot of flavor. So, like, you know, a lot of casual players are like, oh, my God, Phyrexia. You know, it's like, like, yeah. people love that shit. Like, we love it. Well, it's Phyrexia, commander players, too. Yeah, Phyrexia was when I started playing Magic, so anytime they do anything that has, like, any Phyrexia on it, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Heck we already yeah. know EDH players are buying Elish Norns and... They're getting all these infect cards. Yeah, like solemnity, you know. Yeah, true, true. (laughs) For some context, guys, (laughs) I bought like a playset of solemnities. I didn't buy a shit ton. This was just for fun, because my theory is is that EDH players are going to start hating all the new sweet infect decks that everybody's playing, and then solemnity is going to go up in price, and then profits. EDH players are like already saying that they need to change the rules of Infect for Commander and stuff. I'm telling you, man. People yeah, are I mean, just gonna. They will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sheldon, sure. Sheldon Menery will step in and be like, yeah, this is too powerful. He's gonna lose to Toxic one time and be like, yep, that's it. <laughs> this doesn't work that way anymore. I'm done with that. Oh, well. What about you? Have you played any cool decks, Vega? Uh, I played... Any cool standard decks? I built Esper Control uh, for best of one. Uh, the deck feels okay. I mean, Jace is good, but I feel like you get, like, it, it's... it's It feels like the same way that it felt in Modern, where, like, these mid-range decks are valuing the control deck. Like, this Mono White deck are, are just... You... Go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. No, are you, you playing say? are you playing like um are you playing like Drago Esper Control or like Planeswalker Control or what? No, it's like I'm playing like one Vraska, uh four Jaces, which might be too many. Then I'm playing like two Depopulate, uh three farewells, Reckoner Bankbuster, spot removal, go for the throat, a uh, cut down, stuff like that. But and memory deluge, but like the the main issue is that a the deck had a really hard time removing planeswalkers once they resolved. Mm-hmm. So like, and you don't play a lot of counter spells. You play like three of the new one where you proliferate if the spell is three or less. Um, right. and that's your only way to like actually counter planeswalker. And and then you have edict to make them sacrifice your planeswalkers. But that was it. And I I kept dying to all these planeswalkers, like either other wandering emperors. Or just Coths, people just slamming Coths. So I cut, like, the Kayas and, like, some other card, and I started playing Voidrend as well. But so far, the deck feels pretty mid. It just, like, you get outvalued by the mid-range decks. Like, and I, I think that's a big downfall for Control going into this meta. It's just all these mid-range decks, all their cards are, like, two-for-ones, and that's not where you want to be as a Control player. Like, Wedding Announcement literally makes three dudes, then pumps them, and it draws them cards. Like, like what? 
Yeah. It's like I will say I think wedding and or not wedding announcement. I think Void Rend is like really well positioned right now as a card. I think so too. I, I think it's super good. I think it's pretty slept on at the moment. No, I, I, I totally agree. And like I've seen one other list play Void Rend. So it's like mm-hmm. is there a reason why? Like, I don't know, but like you can kill wedding announcement with you can kill anything with Void Rend. Like it's it's just so good. Yeah, literally anything. That's it's great. Yeah, like, and it's good in the mirror. So, but now that we're on the topics yeah, on decks, um, what deck as of now? I'm gonna ask this question every week. What deck as of now, as of today, if you had to play in the RC tomorrow, what deck would you sleeve up and play? So. As of right now, it's a 50-50 uh, for me. Um, okay. That's not what he asked. <laughs> he asked sure. what... So that... right now, right now, <laughs> well, okay. okay is, do, let's do know... this. Wait, 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 wait. Let's do this. Coin flip. Heads is what deck, tails exactly. is what deck. Right. So that's what I would be doing at the event anyway. Perfect. Uh, the Tanner special. So mono white mid-range. I, just, I think that that deck is really, really good. I think it's insanely well-positioned. I think that's just super strong. And the other deck is, uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say it, but uh, Five Color Elish Norn. Uh, that deck is fucking sweet, and it plays Atraxa. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for joining <laughs> us today. The, this episode yeah, is that concluding. Was, that was it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Back Go up. home. We're done. So yeah, wait, I mean, like is, I said, I was a little embarrassed, but is this deck okay? So explain this deck to me. I have not heard of this five color Elish Norn deck. That's fair. Uh, There's a reason so, why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, let me let me just read off some things. Break so it obviously, down. it plays Elish. It plays Elish Norn because uh-huh. you know panharmonic on effect, and you just play a lot of cards like Spirited Companion, Aether Channeler. Uh, like Topiary Stomper to help ramp, um, Workshop Warchief, uh, Prophetic Prism to fix your mana and draw you cards, Atraxa. Like, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of really good ETB effects. Also, being able to leyline binding two things with one binding is just like pretty hot. That is true. It, it's just a value mid range deck. Do you, do you play a the new two mana exile effect. It's like an enchantment allusification. I think that's what it's called. Uh, I don't in that list, but I'm not pl- like I'm only playing like seven or eight basic lands. I think, which I guess is a lot. I think it's seven basics, um, just for like to help with top area stomper being really good. Yeah. Um, so I'm not playing any Ossification just because I get to play Leyline Binding, and I think Leyline Binding is just such a, like, better catch-all. It also plays Portal to Phyrexia because with Elish Norn in play, it's, you know, each opponent sacrifices six creatures, which is, like, pretty solid board wipe. Yeah, that, and then the constant. Yeah, that Portal decent. to Phyrexia costs nine mana. It does. Yeah, and <laughs> you'd be surprised at how easy that comes, though. How, and how how expensive is the Atroxa? I know it's four colors and then what three? Seven. So yeah, seven. seven. Yeah, she's four colors and three, so she's seven. Seven she's... and a seven, seven though. 
Seven mana, seven, seven, no red. Yeah, seven mana, seven, seven that draws, you know, you every time I've cast it, I've drawn four, at least four cards. It's a lot of cards. Yeah. And that's just on the first trigger. If you have another storm in play, it, you know, that's true. you draw a lot more. My, my only concern is, I mean, you already know, it's the mana base. Like, consistently yeah. need, like, having the colors that you need for your hand, it seems... Seems a little greedy. I don't think we have any ways to fetch aside from Terramorphic Expanse, right? That's it. Oh, I don't even know. And Evolving Wild. It's, it's not even, it's not, I don't even think it's in the center. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not, it's definitely not the best deck, but going into like a brand, like if I were to play tomorrow, for instance, it's a brand new format. Nobody's really figured anything out, which means people are going to be playing mostly decks from like before. Or and Mono I think that this. Or Mono and I think this deck does a pretty good job against all those things. Fair enough. Fair Personally. enough. Okay. Well, but realistically, mono white mid range is like my number one pick for standard right now. Like I think that that's the deck I'm going to be grinding with on Arena for a while. Say, dope. What about that's you, dope. B Money? Uh, I would probably also be on some mono white variant if I had to play tomorrow. Um. I don't know if it'd be like a Mondrak pile or if it would be. It would probably be the mid range deck. I think okay. Vindicator is insane. I think, um, like Vindicator just like shores up all your like aggro matchups. Like they can just never beat that card. Um, and then uh, my second choice would probably be uh, another Mondrak deck, but it would be the Mardu version. Ooh. Um, that's the mar- that's the version that I've been trying to put together on Arena. It plays like four Obnixilis. It plays like re- uh, Resolute Reinforcements, Crawling Chorus, Skrull's Hive, Wedding Announcement, Fable the Mirror Breaker. It just makes a bunch of tokens. Yeah, Mondrak just doubles all of it. So um, it also plays like Ride of Oblivion and stuff. So you can like just get rid of a token and you know exile permanent basically. Um, but it also plays like Wandering Emperor and it plays like one Baraska. Um, so <clears throat> I think it's really a really cool deck. I think it's a really cool idea. I don't know how good it is. Um, again, because the mana is kind of weird. Like, I don't know in standard that you like, tr- like in these like three color decks, if you like tr- truly have to play the fast lands, but I, I obviously in some number you probably will, but I just yeah, don't I think know you how. Can the mana bases will be stacking up against the rest of yeah, like what think, everybody wants to do. I think depending on like what the strategy of the mid-range deck was, you know, like I definitely think you can get away with not playing them. Just because in standard a lot of times like your most important turn is four and five. Yeah. And you just like you don't want a tap land on turn four or five. Yeah, like I, I definitely wouldn't want to draw a tap land on turn four when I'm like trying to cast Mondrak. Like, right. or, or vice versa, if I'm trying to cast Shieldred in another deck, like, you know, it's just like, it would just feel so bad to, like, draw Blackly flips on four when I'm trying to cast Shieldred, and I'm just like, well, now I just kind of have to sit here and wait till next turn, and my opponent casts their own Shieldred, and I'm just, like, permanently behind at this point, and it's like, yeah, I just feel bad. But, yeah, um, it just seems like you lose a lot of tempo, like, at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, I just like you said earlier, I think that, like a lot of these mid range decks just outvalue like any want to be control deck basically. Yes, because like they just do they just do 
like they have the access of like being able to go wide and being able to just like make one giant dude like mm-hmm. make you deal with that giant dude and if you don't you're dead um yeah. i will say this i did see, real quickly i did see like a mono blacklist that playing that new demon um oh archfiend of dross dude i think that card is actually low-key gas it like, goes hard dude think about it like think about it like this the, the the you lose the game clause really doesn't even matter and the reason why is because it's a six six for four your opponent's dead in three turns like basically like you know what i'm saying like doesn't it deal additional damage if you kill your opponent's creature too yeah exactly two? like yes like that's that's like he's dead in three turns. If he sticks around for three turns, your opponent doesn't deal with him. Your opponent has to deal with him. And if you, play, if, they... if you play proliferate too, you just keep adding counters to it. Like, like it's just the card is super good. It reminds me of Desecration Demon back in the day, but like yeah. a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just true. a six six that you always have to deal with, and you can never get away from it. Uh, you have to like one for one yourself. You, there's not many creatures in the format that can block it cleanly. Like it's a flying so, six six. No, I don't think anything really. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm it. saying like, well, I mean, like Titan of Industry blocks it cleanly. Like that's turn I mean, seven. You gotta you know, like that's three turns. That's fair, but like I'm just saying like no, you just you. There's no way like there's not really any decks in standard that are like playing flyers, right? Like there's not really any decks in standard that are playing like small not, like two mana flyers like Ledger Shredder and stuff like that. Like. That you can Soldiers, just like chump block it until, yeah. But like, are they? But it's not a lot. Flyers? They only play like maybe like eight flyers yeah, play or the, six. Yeah, they play the three mana blue creature, and then they play the flying, and then the two mana three two that yeah. has flying. And yeah, that's but it, if they're so. just like, if they're just like, if you just like slam the six six on turn four, and your opponent just doesn't have anything going on, or like doesn't have a way to deal with it, they're just dead in three turns. Like, and you're yeah, playing. Yeah, I think most, the next gas. Most likely playing mono black, and if you're playing mono black, your goal is to kill every creature you see. So yeah, that's why playing like go for the throat, infernal grass, cut yeah, down. March of wretched sorrow, cut yeah, down. march of wretched sorrow, yeah, all those cards that are just super good. You're playing Liliana, so they sack. You're also them. just playing your own Shieldreds. Yeah, so okay, both so, spares. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Would you play that card with Shieldred as well? Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So okay, so what split would you do? Would you do four it'd be like a, it'd be two like of those or it'd be like a three two split, I think. Nah, pussy shit, four four. No, absolutely not. Hell uh, no. it would be it'd be like a three two split for me or a three three split. Uh just depends on what the rest of the deck would look like. Gotcha. I, I personally like the idea of a three three split album. Yeah. Just because you always like you do always want one of them on turn four. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's funny. That Drown and Nicker card they printed in the set, I think they intentionally did it so it did not deal with children. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the two mana minus four minus four. It's like yeah, the better worse cross oh, yeah. yeah, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> they did it just so they didn't kill children. <laughs> it's flavor, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a pretty sweet deck. Um I also I played versus a really cool Jun deck last night that uh, blew me out super hard. It like cheated on Titan of Industry pretty early with um oh uh, gosh, the saga that reanimates a creature. Oh the oh is it Cruelty of Gicks. Yeah, Gicks. Yeah, yeah, Cruelty of Gicks. My opponent reanimated it and I killed it and he undying maliced it. Ooh. Um, 
Yeah, whichever well, one of those cards is in standard. And dude, that was a fucking beating. Oh yeah. Like it's I almost lot. like yeah, I almost got up and left. Like left the room. <laughs> I definitely did log off of arena after that happened. Like <laughs> mid game. I was just like, nah, that's enough for today. <laughs> you did the I got the... to this point in the in the tier list, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. well, it was really cool though, you know. Uh, so what about you, Vega? Well, I mean, what what would you put your your eyes on if you were yeah right now playing tomorrow? Yeah, right you're now submitting I a deck just, list right now. Right now, so my thought process is, and I'm not just going off of what you guys are playing. I'm going off of what I've been reading online and my online experience with the set so far. Everybody's mm. jamming mono white, so like I can't really play Grixis mid range. Into a mono white like meta because, I mean, it, it just I mean you could it it probably do fine, but from what I've heard and read, uh, mono white beats up on the decks like all these aggro decks that you know kind of came in and kind of help with the whole Grixis Esper meta. Um, mm-hmm. I think I would go with man like it. Oh, it's just hard. It's it, it's either mono black control or Esper mid range, and the only reason is because I think Rafine is still really good. Mm-hmm. You get access to really good removal spells, so if people are like on aggro decks and stuff, you can kind of well, handle drawing it. cards is never bad. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it, it just seems like a safe pick. So I'd probably go with either Esper and. Probably Grixis, depending on, you know, on the just the event. And the whole thing is, it's like, if I were to play Grixis, it would be, uh, I, God, I don't know, man. It, it has to be Esper. I actually wouldn't even play Grixis. The more I think about it, I just I cannot take Grixis into an event like that where everybody's playing mono white. I feel like I'll just get hosed the whole day. So that's fair. I would say Esper. Yeah, that is fair. Mono White is probably the best of the mid-range decks right now. Just because it has so much, like, just so many good cards. Yeah, I mean, I will be jamming a lot of, uh, a lot of standard. I think I'm going to try and play in the standard challenges uh, for at least the few next upcoming weekends. Nice. Because uh, the standard is... on Arena, or on uh, MTGO. On Moto, yeah. Um... I think that everybody's gonna be trying out weird stuff, so it might just be free low to like just play mono white mid range <laughs> and just see how that stacks up against the format. Um, True, or but, everybody's gonna be playing mono white mid range, and you should be playing the sweet stuff. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people will be playing the rot free stick, and I think a lot of people will be playing the mono white mid range stick. That's what I think for online is gonna be the first couple weeks. And you'll have your people that are still playing, like, the Grixis mid-range decks and stuff like that, but I think they will just not do well against the mono mid-range decks. Yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely a percentage of people that just don't have, all like, all of the cards yet and don't have access to, like, mana traders and stuff like that, and so mm-hmm. they'll mostly just be playing the deck that they already had built. Yeah. You know. Like, I'm sure in the challenges this weekend, you'll probably play against Mono Blue at least once. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% going to rent my deck. Don't tell Mana Traders, but I'm 100% <laughs> going to rent my deck, like, Friday night and just make sure I have it <laughs> before right. 
Saturday or Sunday hits whenever the standard challenge pops off. And oh yeah, because you'll be struggling <laughs> to find cards. Oh yeah, yeah. So. I fucked up and played a modern challenge the like release weekend once, and I needed um, cards for Modern Horizons too. And let me tell you, oh, they're impossible to find. Yeah, I ended up having to just not play anything with Ursa Saga in it, not playing anything with Grief in it, and not playing anything with Ragavan in it. So. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So I did... Well, good luck in the challenges. Yeah, good luck with that, dude, for real. Keep you us should. updated. Hopefully yeah. you can be another challenge winner I'm, once again. Yeah, two time or three time, baby. Three time challenge winner. I've yeah. done two different formats, so let's see if we can go for third and fourth. You I got just gotta it. do... Well, it'd be standard and popper. I gotta, I gotta win a popper challenge. And we'll have the, the quadfecta. You gotta do the yeah. the Tyler one strategy. Oh, vintage you know? too. You gotta get challenging yeah. in all roles, but you gotta That's win right. a challenge in every format. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Prove that you're the best player in the world. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You only win one. It's still not great. That's <laughs> uh, great. <laughs> so I mean, but if you think about it, if you win one pro tour, you actually are great. So. That is true. Well, one pro tour win, and you're you're up there. That's yeah. enough to prove it. You know. Even make it into yeah, the sure. pro tour, it just. You know, that's an amazing feat, like, on its own. Yeah. It's just awesome if we can win one, you know? It was way more exclusive back in the day, but... It is true. It is true. I mean, I'm very... So, let's briefly talk about that. I'm I'm interested to see what the Pro Tour... It's coming up in, like, a couple, two weeks. Like, it's in two weeks. Uh, two, 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 three, two weeks? Three weeks. It's in the, it's in the end, latter part of this month. Okay. But... I'm interested to see what coverage they're going to do. Like, if they're going to do any coverage at all, or if they're just going to, like, squeak, squeak by, like, with certain coverages where they just, like, only show, like, past pros and Hall of Famers, or if they're going to right. show, like, actual players that are, like, you know, kind of, kind of up and coming. Um, you know, I, the other thing, too, that I really don't like is they didn't give Hall of Fame invites. Uh, because I really like watching, like, if the occasional like thing where like Kai Buddha can show up to to the Pro Tour, like I think it's cool just like seeing him come in after like not playing Magic for a while and like make a deep run in a tournament. Same with like John Finkel, like seeing those guys that like really don't really play Magic as much anymore have an invite readily available because they're in the Hall of Fame. Good like, old Brian I mean, Kibler. Yeah, like the, yeah, exactly. Like Kibler, like he doesn't even think about magic anymore probably yeah. he does he does workout streams on twitch dude he does workout streams yeah so um but like yeah so like i i, I wish that those guys still got the hall of fame invite but you know it is it's, what it it's is it's weird that they took that away yeah uh 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 paulo tweeted out the other day and said you know they somebody he like quote tweeted something and it was like, who are you most excited to see at the Pro Tour or something like that? And he was like, well, you know, since you took away the Hall of Fame invites, like, it's going to be hard to see some of our favorite players of all time, you know? So, right. Most of it's going to be a bunch of randoms. So, what do you guys think? You think you think you think they're going to hit or miss this Pro Tour? I think I think they're going to hit because to go back on you your point so? where you're talking about coverage, I saw somebody talk that they were actually hired to work for the coverage team. So that kind of lets me know that they they have something planned for this, um, especially with it. This is the first Pro Tour, right, in a long time? First, first Pro – well, yes, they were called Mythic Championships. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, I don't know if they're still going to call them Mythic Championships, but... Hopefully um, they just go back to calling them Grow Tours. Let's be honest. That's what we all want. That sounds way yeah. better. I mean, but I, I, that the one thing that I am concerned about is if the coverage just lacks completely, then I think that it'll stray a lot of people away. Because, like, people have been waiting for this for years. Like, yep. waiting for this whole thing to come back. And if they just, like, flop it, then most people will be like, well, what's the point now, you know? Like, why are we playing this this game that we've played for years and years and years and that we love to make it to the, the main stage and it just, like, not be relevant anymore? So I'm hoping they kill it. I'm I'm praying that they just absolutely blow it out of the water. And I'll watch the whole thing from start to finish. But, um, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. Me too. Yeah, it would be nice. Me too. So I just did a little bit of research, right? And yeah. Mono White has one of the best win rates online. So again, it's probably a good idea. But I just want to bring up that this has Azorius control. Mono White has a 36% win rate against Blue White. So I clicked on the list, and the Blue White list is literally Mono White. But it's it's playing Sanctuary Wardens, uh, Steel Seraphs, all that good stuff. But it's also playing Teferi and Negate in the main. Which Teferi, the five mana one or the four mana one? The five mana one. Is this the one thing? Or is this no, this is three? a best of three. Sideboard and everything. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. It's just Seems great. like, it, I'm, okay, look, I'm sorry. I'm biased. But I am sick <laughs> of control decks being just... Mid-range decks with a couple counter spells in it. I want, yeah. I want the Sphinx's Revs days back, where you just, yes, you just, dude. you just counter everything, board wipe everything, and then shuffle Give me elixir elixir. mortality. Yes, like I want true sweet. control back, and I don't know why they're not, like they're pushing out control like that, because like even control in modern. You have to play Omnath and Rend in six, and Leyline Binding in your control deck. Well, that's not necessarily, dude. I'm sorry, but you're not going to compete. Blue White doesn't. Blue White doesn't play Omnath or Rend in six typically. I mean, there's like sweet control decks that do, but like I think that those decks are just worse at being a control deck. I, do I also I wish that they would go back. To it's just like fashion Blue White, but it's a control that just gets that... so valued down, man. It's just damn. Yeah. Yeah, the power creep of the entire game of Magic the Gathering is insane. But also, I don't think that Wizards ever wants to go back to a point where we're playing a non-win condition control deck uh, because of... Cowards. Because of the way that the play patterns, you know, lay out. Like, yeah, you know how frustrating it was to literally know that your opponent could not win the game and they were still just cycling their entire deck? Like, and you just couldn't do anything. Like, that was annoying. It's not my problem. It really was. I was that guy. (laughs) Exactly. But what I'm saying is, like, for everyone else, that play was terrible. Like, people hated that. Like, that's why I'm I'm also glad that the block system was what it was, because that rope hit it out, you know? Yeah. Like, in a timely manner, which is good. I, I know one issue, like, one big issue that they have, and, like, part of the reason that they don't like to make like real control anymore is just because of like B when he said like just how much the player base complained 
like the last time that there was really just a genuine no wing con control deck was um, the Wilderness Reclamation Nexus deck that just won by tucking its own Teferi forever. Like I did play that deck. That deck was sweet. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, it was super sweet. I loved that deck. Everybody complained about it though. Like no one enjoyed it except for the person playing it. Like I remember, I came to NarbiCon or no Mobicon and played in a modern tournament and or a kind of a standard tournament with that deck. And one of my opponents just like was like, "Yeah, just play it out, man." And I was like, "Okay." Like I came here to do it. Like, are you sure you don't want to go to game two while you have time to win? And I mean, we played it out until my opponent literally had no cards left to draw. And then all he did was complain about how that shouldn't exist. And I was just like, hey, well, you know, you could have conceded any time and done anything else with your last hour. So you're telling me you didn't kill him with expand explosion copying it. No, I wasn't playing that. No, no, no. This is is Bant. Yeah, that. Sorry. Um, This was like the Bant Turbo Fog deck. It wasn't playing expansion. Oh, okay. Because the version I played... This was before War of the Spark was printed. Okay, okay, okay. Because the version I played, it played both. If I recall correctly, so yeah, I did play that version too, but that version also like played Niv Mizzet and like could win the game. I'm talking about like the last genuine like no actual win condition control deck. Gotcha. Bant Turbo Fog, whenever five mana Teferi, Wilderness Reclamation, and Nexus of Fate, and everybody just kind of complained about the deck. Like it was fun for me to play it. And I didn't mind playing against it because when my opponent ulted Teferi, I knew better, and I would just be like, "All right, man." Peace. Let's go to the next one. Yeah. That's fair. Like, yeah. if you're not in a position where you can come back from that, then there's no reason to keep playing, because you're not going to be in a position where you can come back from it. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like to concede against control, because they think there's always a chance. But, I mean, some games, yeah, 100%, you still have a chance. But where your opponent has a full grip and it's a fairy at 7, like, I don't think you're winning that not game. get there. Like, but there's always a chance. There's always a chance. I, I do miss those days, but I definitely think that the amount of players that complained about like the play patterns and just like how frustrating it is to play against, you know, like not to mention like the biggest player base for Magic are the players that we don't even know about, like the casual players that just like sit at their kitchen table and play, and they all super hate counterspell. They just say blue. Period. Yeah, like, they all just hate islands, except for the one guy in the friend group that plays his cancel tribal deck. Yep. That's, and that's what they all call it, is my cancel deck. But, like, all of them hate that deck, and all of them hate that guy. And I think that part of that is, like, a big reason that they don't want to make Draco a thing again. That's fair. And yeah, I, I do have to give some credit to to control in modern. Uh, you can pl- you can just play straight blue white control, splashing some trilands mm-hmm. for leyline binding. Um, I just I, I like to harp on blue white because back when uh Yorion decks were a thing, that was miserable. Like that deck would draw mm-hmm. so many cards, and I'm like, dude, I'm I'm the control deck. Like, how the hell are you drawing? Sounds great. How, like you have. 30 cards left in your 80-card deck. like Oh, you mean Money Pile? Yeah, good old B-Money Pile. Now, I'm curious, <laughs> why is that deck... Why does that deck have that nickname? Yeah, I wonder... You know, that's what? such a weird nickname. It like, wasn't I guess it's because kind of me, an expensive but... deck, but... 
That's it wasn't because cap. of Beatles. Because it was so expensive. It was because it was so no, 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 no. It's I'm pretty sure it's because I think the guy who won the Modern Challenge, like the first time, out of here. Up, what was his username? Okay. Wasn't it B Money? B Money Three Sex, right? Crazy. Yeah, that's what I thought. Hmm. Not ridiculous. Coincidence? I think not. Not ridiculous. My man made one of my favorite modern decks of all time, though. That is crazy. <laughs> I love, I love that deck. I still play eighty card money pile sometimes, just because it's fun, and it's still just good. It turns out, like, sure, you don't have Yorion to like make it worth playing eighty cards technically, but you are still just playing eighty of the best cards in modern. That is yeah. true. Like, I, you still just win because your cards are busted. It was, it was kind of cool just knowing that, like, I. We warped the format, you know? Like, just like, no, you, no, just you like, did not warp it. You fucked it up for me. You made it miserable for months. I was like, what's up, modern? <laughs> that was great. Um, that yeah, no, I also, let's be serious. I have to give, I have to give him credit to Richard too, because Richard, shout out. He did, he did, he did most of the leg work. I'm not going to lie when it came to it. Um, and it was kind of just like, we saw an idea on Matt on uh, Goldfish. Thought about it for a second, and we were like, "This deck can be better." And then Femurate got printed, and we were like, "This card's busted." All these cards say ETB. We we're like, "Let's just let's just create as much value as possible." And yeah, so it's cool. I think that deck was a ton of fun. I really, I really loved that deck. Monumental stuff, be money. So let's get to a. Uh... A deep topic here. The new RCQ system changes. How do you guys feel about that? Do you guys think it's going to be a detriment? Or do you guys think it's a beneficial change for the community? So, personally, I'm not a big fan of the changes. Um, And that stems largely from the fact that, like, my local player base, like the people that are going to come to top tiers RCQs and stuff, like they don't play limited. And like top tier doesn't really have a standard scene, so it's mostly just going to be out of town players that come if they come. Um, and like I was talking to Corey, the guy who manages at top tier, about it. And uh, I mean, he was saying that they're tempted just not even to run standard RCQs whenever that time comes just because like the equity is going to be so low. Yeah, but okay. So, so you don't like it, you're not a fan. I hate it. I I just don't like that it forces the stores to like make their decisions basically. Like it it forces it puts the decision on the store and just is kind of like hey, your store championship and all of your RCQs that you want to do are uh, this format. And, like, if that store doesn't have a player base for that format, then, like, the only people that you have coming are going to be out-of-towners. And sometimes a lot of the out-of-town people just, like, don't come. Or there's another one that's slightly closer that they go to instead. Yeah. So my opinion on the subject has changed. Um, After hearing a lot of people's opinions and just, like, kind of researching like what the whole purpose of it was um my opinion on it changed so i do share the same idea that it does it is detrimental to stores that don't have a large turnout already and now they're forced to play a format that they're 
already getting not a great turnout for, like, like if there are, if they're getting like, let's just say consistently, like maybe 10 to 12 people for modern tournaments, right? Like say they do a modern window box with 10 to 12 people, right? If you now change that to standard, like those 10 to 12 people just don't show up. Like you might have the two yeah. people that actually care about going to the RCQ or the RC, but like, other than that, all the other players, they're just like, why would I do this? And I just, I only want to play modern or I only want to play pioneer, you know? Now, given exactly. they are going to rotate formats, which is a good thing. But the reason that I do like it now is because you don't have to worry about playing so many formats in a season. Like, you don't have to worry about, and I think Vega mentioned this to me uh, previously. You don't have to worry about, like, playing Pioneer this weekend, going to play a modern tournament the following weekend, and then, like, you know, maybe, maybe there's a limited tournament that's, like, five, you know, 10 minutes away from your house. And you're like, well... You know, the entry's only $40. Like, might as well try my hand at limited, you know? Like, you can literally just, like, you know that if you build a standard deck or you have a Pioneer deck or you have a modern deck or whatever it is the season, then you know what to expect, and that's what's going to be the entire way through the season. And that's what I think is a is a good thing. And I think that the, the availability of them making it standard for the more highly populated areas, like, for instance, like the Californias, the the New York's like stuff like that. I think that it's going to possibly draw more players in and like new players. If they're playing standard because they're already opening packs, you know, they're building commander decks and they're like a little bit more familiar with the new cards rather than like older cards, like modern. It's a lot harder for a new player to get into modern than it is for them to get into standard. So I think it's a good thing to get new players in. I think it's a good thing that you don't have to worry about multiple formats in the season, but I also share the same thing with you about, you know, forcing stores to be a certain way when they really truly can't support it, Um, which takes away invites for other people, you know? So, yeah, it does. And like, I don't know. It kind of sucks that like now it's like me personally, I have like, I have a pretty good magic collection. If it's a modern event. Yeah. I have like stolen nothing for any other format because I don't play the other formats. And so now I do have like, sure. I get three months or whatever before I have to buy another deck, but I, I don't know. I, I prefer now because like I'm my strongest, like my strongest point in magic is modern. And so I'm better served to just travel to whatever modern RCQ I can go to and just skip out on the standard and pioneer ones. Because I'm just, I'm just am less likely to win the standard and pioneer ones than I am the modern ones. That's fair. Yeah. Personally. But that does also incentivize you to like, if you do obviously make it to the pro tour or make it to the RC or whatever, and you are forced to play a certain format that also does help you in a sense to like, I mean, you do have, like, a stacked arena account, too, so you can truly play standard all the time. You still own the cards, but, like, in yeah. favor. But, um, you know, it is, like, I don't know. There's there's pros and cons to the whole thing, so. For sure. And like you said earlier, like, standard card, like, New Phyrexia, as of right now, it's, like, pretty poppin' set. Like, the cards are expensive. Yeah. It's definitely not going to be super easy to buy into standard in the coming month. But here's what you can do now is instead of selling your prize support, you can just open it. True. That's you can true. just open your prize support now. That's true. Because you're going to need to play standard eventually. It's very true. So. That is true. I mean, I'm glad that like the 
RCs right now. Like this season is going to be Pioneer, and then the next one's going to be Modern, and then it'll probably be Standard. So like, I'm glad that it at least is a little while away before I have to care. Yeah, after this season, it's Modern, I believe. So yeah, but I'm super excited for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, hopefully, I only have to play in one RC team. So right. hopefully, you just <laughs> show up. Play Micah Synth Garden, and your opponent concede all the way to the final. So my my whole thought process is that this is how the old PPTQ system used to be, and Magic thrived a lot more. And and granted, this was pre-COVID, so you know different times. But I I personally think that this change is really good. I think it's going to bring a lot of players that kind of quit playing back and I don't know. I, I think it's a good change. And I think this is going to revive standard like a hundred percent. Like I think I, mean, I, I hope that it does bring a lot of players back and like make more people play magic. I really do. I love that. Yeah. And you know, realistically, if all these people want to get their chance, you know, to, to get an RC invite and these people haven't played in a while, you know, they're rusty. I mean, realistically, it's going to make the earlier rounds in tournaments a lot easier, too. So that's something else to keep in mind. And a lot of people are just playing best of one on Arena, so they think, oh, I have all this experience in best of one. Uh, I can just build this deck and put in a sideboard and take it to a tournament. And, yeah, I don't think, like, yeah, you're playing similar decks, but the whole game is different when it's best of three compared to best of one. Like, it's, it's, yeah, sure, you're playing Mono White in best of one, you can play it in best of three, too, but the, the games play out a lot more differently. Like, mulligan decisions, all, like, all that good stuff, it's, it's all different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. I think it's gonna make it a lot healthier. You know, people don't have to rack their brains jumping from format to format, like B-Money said. It's just... Yeah. I'm going to play this one deck and this one deck only for this whole season. I'm going to practice it online. I'm going to master it. And then hopefully I'll be able to get an RC one. Well, so. like the, like in addition to that, it's like you have like, th like currently like you have like three tournaments that are all modern, right? You have like three RCQs that are all modern. If you don't win any of them, then you're playing modern for three tournaments. And then you're like, okay, well, when's the next RCQ? Oh wait, it's pioneer. Now I have to shift gears back to pioneer. Yep. It's like, it's kind of annoying to, like, try and keep up with, like, not only, like, your local meta, but, like, the online meta and, like, what's popular, what's not popular. And, like, you know, it's just – it's a huge juggling act that's, like, kind of hard to keep up with. And I think that, like, a lot of – like, we but we all play a lot of Magic. But, like, I think even the people that play a lot of Magic still probably – it's a detriment to them to have to go flop from format to format to format, like, constantly. So – no, I, I uh, totally yeah. agree. I'm I'm right there with yeah, you. It's very true. And it's heavy on the wallet, man. Because yeah, you sure you could be playing one deck. Like sure, you you have this modern deck and you tweak it. You pick up some other cards for it. Oh, next weekend's Pioneer. Oh, my Pioneer deck's playing these new cards now. It kind of changed a little mm -hmm. bit. Got to go buy those cards. Like it's just like you constantly yeah. have to keep upgrading like two or three decks, maybe four at once, and it's like. Uh, it, it just got exhausting, man. Now you can just build one deck, pick up the cards for that as you see your fit and whatever you want to upgrade, and that's it. Like, you're done. 
Like it's yeah. just, I agree. I don't know for sure. And and you know, yeah, it, I mean, that is a really good point. Yeah, and, and if stores are worried that oh nobody's going to show up to our standard event, okay, then make it a ten dollar tournament, and then let the people that actually care show up, and you don't even have to give price support. Like people will strictly show up just for the invite. I mean, we had that one tournament. Uh, shout out to McNarp Gaming, but they did like a it was like a five dollar entry or like ten dollar entry, and it was like. No prize support except for the invite and the promos, and there was forty four people there. Like, yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty dang good. So, I will. So i I've, I've talked to Top Tier about doing that same thing because you know they've toned down their prize support a lot so that they could do twenty five dollar entry. Um, and I didn't realize because this has changed since back in the old days, but like. To get the promos and stuff, you do have to like you have to buy those promos. Yeah, it's a small fee as a store. Yeah, and so like Corey and I were talking about it one night, and he was doing the math basically, and twenty five dollars is the bare minimum that they can charge to break even. On uh, but how many players though? That's the question. Uh, I, I forget exactly I mean, how many players had to show up. Is it twenty not? Is it eight players at twenty five dollars, or is it like? I mean, you know, or is it 20 players at $25? Like, that's the question. Uh, so I don't remember. It's been a while since we talked about it. Basically, like, so when Narbs did the RCQ for $10. Yeah. Basically, I went home and I was just like, yo, Corey, maybe nobody showed up to the $50 RCQ because it was $50. Why can't we drop that down? Yeah. And, I mean, they have dropped it down to $25 because that's, you know, more or less the lowest that they can go just by like how many people consistently show up. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm wondering at what number does that decrease even more where you're not being like necessarily like fully greedy. Like obviously right. you want to make money. That's what the store is there for. Right. But like if you just, sometimes you do have to take a loss. Like sometimes you do have to just eat a, a tournament to see if it works. Right. So yeah, like, sure. I mean, no, that, I agree with that a hundred percent. So, it's like, you know, sometimes you just have to be like, all right, cool, we're doing a $10 RCQ. Let's see how many people show up. If we have a good turnout, now we know, you know? Like, right. so. Yeah, for sure. I, I, hope that, I hope that people, well, the problem is the owners aren't uh, super keen on the idea of throwing away money to test it. I yeah, mean, I, mean, I don't think any owner is, but. Yeah. yeah. And they just like are unwilling to budge, unfortunately. Trust well, me, I'm not. Right. Well, then they're unwilling to grow. Boom, got him. Got him. Fair, <laughs> fair comment, I guess. B money, three stacks enterprises. Call me for all your financial needs. <laughs> <laughs> Need to make money, lose money. The end. <laughs> yeah, scared money don't make money. It's That's true. The thing, you know. That's true, though. That true. That's what I say as I'm withdrawing an extra 500 bucks at the casino. <laughs> scared money, scared money don't make money. This is the, like, this yeah, is it. They go wiping away tears at the ATM at the casino. Like, this is the run. Scared money don't make it. This is the run right here, boys. <laughs> last time, last time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, talking about that funny little random story. Uh, what is the most interesting or craziest, like, MTG sort of related travel story that you've had? So, like, either on the way to a Magic event, 
a GP and open, you know, or on the way back, just anything crazy that's ever happened on the way back. He's leading into his story is what he's doing. Yes. Go ahead. Tell no, us. No, 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 no. I don't you start. No, Megan. I'm not you sorry. Like you have something very fine. Okay, fine, fine, you, fine. I'll start. You sound like I'll you have something very good to tell us. So yeah. last month, I go to an RC. All time career magic. And he said last month. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So the, twenty minutes. The other one. Okay. The other one's too gross to say on the second episode, so I'll probably say it for like a you know later on. It's disgusting, so I don't want to get into that one. But this one was pretty recent. So you know, there's an RCQ on a Sunday. It's in Baton Rouge. Uh, for some context, I live in Alabama, so it's like a three-hour drive for me. So I'm like, you know, I'm I'm kind of iffy about going. I'm not too confident on my deck choice because I'm not comfortable with the deck. But I'm like, fuck it. I'll go. You know, the boys are going. I'll pull up. So I go and I crash at Cameron's. And the whole thing is that I, I can't drive with them because just in case I scrub out, it's on a Sunday. I have to get up early for work. So I'll just drive back myself, you know, no problem. So I drive myself there, you know, play my games out, uh, end up getting like 20 something, I think, or 16th. I don't know. It's some number, but I didn't do too well. So I'm like, whatever shit happens. Um, so I end up saying the whole event cause there was a chance I could top eight, uh, ended up not top eighting. Um, uh, my boys didn't top eight either. Cameron and Xavier, shout out to them. So we go and we get Outback. So we stop at Outback. Worst food I've had in my life. I was about to say. It was dog. It was horrific. Cameron steak. Outback was, is like D tier. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. His steak was mooing still. It, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Xavier said, that sounds great. I don't know what the problem is. Xavier said his shrimp was literally shaking because it was so cold. <laughs> Rubbery too. Yeah, rubbery. and I had they gave me Burger King fries, so that was great. So I'm like, whatever. Dog food, I still eat it. So we take our separate ways, and I'm driving back home. Fifteen minutes down, boom, the Outback hits me. I'm like, damn, this is bad. So I pull over at a gas station, you know, blow that bathroom up. Fucking Vega heard keep the driving come from his butt. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Thirty minutes in, boom, gotta stop again. So at this point, I'm like, yeah, this place gave me food po- poisoning out the ass, like literally. Literally. So, you know, I, I put my address in my GPS before I left Outback and it said two and a half hours. So I'm like, oh, sweet. Like it's taking me through these back roads and it's saving me an hour. Awesome. So, you know, this whole trip, I'm driving, stopping, driving, stopping, getting gas and shit. 30 minutes left. <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes left on my trip. Sweat pouring down. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sh- I'm shaking, dude. I'm I'm out of it. Butt ass naked in the driver's seat at this point. Oh yeah, dude. No, it was it was top 10 miserable experiences. <laughs> so I have like 30 minutes left on my trip. And I start to realize I'm like usually by 30 minutes in I can kind of tell where I'm at. So I'm like this this doesn't look like home cuz I start to see like fucking farms and cattle and shit like and i'm like no this this is not right dude i pull out my phone i check the address and there is a single space between the two letters of my address and i'm like 
Oh no. So I clear it out. I take out the space or whatever. Fucking an additional four hour drive. And keep in mind, it's like 10. It's like 10 p.m. at this point. So I am just, I, I couldn't explain it. I was pissed. I was sad. I was stressed. Like, so I call my wife and I'm like, hey, uh, you know how I told you I was going to be there in like an hour, 30 minutes? You know, whatever. She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I won't be home till two. And she's like, what? What happened? And I'm like, I put the address in wrong. And oh my God, it was just, it was probably the most miserable driving experience from a magic event that Can I've ever had. Can we talk about how you didn't even check the GPS like, <laughs> to begin with? I just went, oh yeah, this is great. I'm like, you were like, literally knew that it's a three hour drive minimum and you just automatically assumed, oh, I saw wow, two and, I and a half hours. Spaceship back? Yeah, dude, I saw two and a half hours. Ride a spaceship? I saw two and a half hours. Man, man. It took me to a whole different you're county. Crazy. And it, dude, it's crazy because I was so sick. I just wasn't paying attention to signs, nothing. It looked like the roads to Biloxi, like that straight interstate. I'm like, oh, yeah, this looks familiar. Boom. I got to say, that is pretty wild considering you were stopping every five seconds to take a oh, shit Oh, my God, yeah. dude. It was brutal. It was so bad. That, oh, that sucks. sucks. Yeah, that's that awful. It was so bad. <laughs> what about you guys? Uh, I think that my, like, so I've, I have two really bad experiences with trips. One of them I'm not going to discuss. Uh, the other, I went to a Grand Prix or an Open in Dallas, Texas with Aaron Barich, um, Aaron's brother, and uh, two other people. I don't remember who else was there. Anyway. We're on our way, and about an hour and a half or so outside of Dallas, we stop and get some steak and shake for dinner, and uh, hop back in Greg Stiver's car, and crank it up, and it just immediately starts smoking, and we were like, well, that's not right. So uh, Greg was like, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with my car. He's like, here, Tanner, you take a look at it. You know more about cars than the rest of us. I was like, oh, good. Yeah, we're fucked. Because uh, I don't know anything. Uh, and they're like, yeah, neither do we. But, you you know, you do a manual labor job, so you probably know one or two things. And I was just like, I guess. So it turns out that's how that works. <laughs> turns out it had just, like, it had overheated. Um, there was no um, coolant coolant in the, in the car. So, you know, we, like, luckily there was a Walmart right by the Steak and Shake. So we just kind of skirt into there, get some poured in, and then drive a little bit. And about 20 minutes later, it starts overheating again. I'm like, well, shit. Pull over, no more coolant. Uh, turns out that it, he just hadn't been paying attention to his temperature gauge. Yeah. Uh, it actually had overheated, like, had been overheating for, like, a little while. And it ended up, the whole motor ended up being fucked. Uh, this is at, like, about 1 a.m. or so at this point. So we call an Uber and a tow truck, get his car. I had to call the tow company. Uh, so we get his car towed to the nearest Toyota dealership because he is in a Toyota Corolla. Uh, get that dropped off. They can look at it the next day. So he's just like, fine, I'll just day one, you know, like in round three or so, I'll give him a call and see what's up. Uh, so we get there, do that. 
take the hour and 20 minute Uber ride all the way to our hotel in Dallas. Was that Uber? Oh my god! Uh, Forty-four dollars. That's, that's not that bad. bad. Nope. Dude, that's nope. that's positive equity. Yeah. What? Like... Yeah, it was great. When Barrett looked it up, um, they were just like, "All right, yeah, you guys all owe me twelve dollars for the Uber," and I was just like, "Sure." No, this right is there. like this is like eighty miles. Uh, it's like, yeah, no, that's it. Like, if no, I were that Uber that. driver, I would have rejected that trip. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, that's great. So we, uh, we get out there, Uber all the way to the hotel, get to the hotel, you know, like 2.30-ish. Uh, go in, you know, and I'm like, we have a little bit of problem checking in because, like, uh, I want to say it was in Aaron's name, but Aaron didn't have a credit card or anything like that. So I ended up having to use my credit card for it, or my debit card for it, which was fine. Uh, they all paid me back. And then we get to the hotel room. We're just like, all right, everybody's ready for bed. And I'm, you know, like me on these trips, I'm just like, no, nah, I'm good. Who wants to play magic with me? So Barrett's just like, all right, whatever, fine. We'll play a couple games. Um, this was, Barrett was playing uh, Blue White Hammer Time. The blue was for Blighted Agent. Uh, this was before Hammer Time was a deck. But anyway, next day, Stiver calls Toyota about his car. Turns out, car's fucked. Company was just like, yeah, uh, we can replace it, but it'll be about a week by the time we get it fixed. So, what do you want to do? So, he ended up just buying a whole new car. Wow. Uh, but he left before the rest of us to go up there. He just, like... Was super stressed day one, so didn't do well. So then just day two, just went ahead and went straight down there while we were all in the event. Because Barrich and I were still in day two. And so Barrich walks up to me and she's like, hey, Greg left. And I was just like, all right, well, how are we getting home? And they were just like, I haven't figured that part out yet. So uh, go talk to people, I guess. And I was just like, all right, you too. (laughs) Uh, luckily, some buddies from Jackson were there, and I was just like, these are people that I've literally only talked to like once before. It was Carlos and uh, that group. And as oh. I walked up, I was like, Don't hey, y'all, y'all live in Jackson. Uh, is there any shot that I can hitch a ride with y'all back? And uh, they drove me all the way back to Jackson, and then my buddy Tony lived there, and I texted him, and I was like, hey, man, are you going to be awake at like 3 a.m. when I get back? <laughs> And he was just like, no, why? And I was like, word, I need a place to crash. Uh, can you be awake that late? He's like, I guess, dude. So we pull up. Uh, I end up, we get in there, and Carlos is like, yo, I'm super tired. I did the whole drive here. So um, the other guy was going to drive the whole way back. He drove for about 30 minutes and was like, oh, dude, I'm about to pass out, man. I'm so tired. And I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'll just do all the driving. Jeez. So. I did all the driving back, got to Tony's house at 3 a.m., immediately crashed, woke up the next morning, like 7.30, uh, played some disc golf, and then he drove me back to Hattiesburg, and I was just like, yep, fuck Dallas. This place sucks. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely, a, like, an awful magic trip. I ended up just, like, barely cashing also. Like, I literally, like, they paid out to top 32, and I think I was in 31st place. At least you cashed. You didn't bubble 33rd. Yeah. I, got a, I have bubbled 33rd twice before, and it 
pissed me off so much. The first tournament that I ever was close to cashing, a judge walks by, I was like, hey, man, you need to update your payment info because you're in contention right now. And I was just like, oh, shit, for real? And then I lost every round after that. Bang. Got stolen. That's how it goes. What about you, B-Money? But yeah, that's my yeah, guess. What's your worst magic so, trip? So if we're talking about straight up magic trips, um, I wouldn't necessarily say this is my worst. I don't really have any, I don't really have any like bad magic trip stories. Like, honestly, like I usually drive everywhere that I go because I like to be that guy that's in control of my car. Well, you uh, stick with me so, long enough, I'll show you. Um, but... Yeah, so I think the only, like, sketchy-ish magic trip was uh, actually Dallas, too. Um, one year, we, like, I had everybody lined up to go to Dallas. Like, we were going to have a full car. A lot, like, um, I was driving. and have a full car lined up to go to Dallas. So it was going to be, like, me and three other people. And so I was like, all right, cool. Uh, Wednesday comes around to that week, and one person backs out. Uh, Thursday rolls around, you know, the day before we're going to leave, they bat another person backs out. So it's just me and one other person. And then that guy goes, well, since everybody's not going, I kind of really don't want to go. Meanwhile, me being the guy that likes to plan my trips ahead of time, uh, and make sure everything's lined up and ready to go. I've already paid for the hotel. I, they haven't paid me for it yet. So I paid for the hotel. I also, uh, like was, you know, I like, Went and got an oil change in my car, like, you know, replaced my windshield wipers. I did every, all the little small maintenance on your car that you need to do before you take a long trip. Got my tires rotated, all that stuff. So I spent a bunch of money, like, the week before and, like, and then also, like, bought entry and things like that. So uh, that same, that that Friday or that Thursday night at, like, midnight, I get a text. And it's like, hey, man, since everybody else isn't kind of going, you know, I think I'm just going to sit this one out. And I'm like, Okay. It's, it's about midnight, 1 o'clock on Thursday night. We're supposed to leave Friday at 7 a.m. I was like, what do I do? Right? I was like, I've already paid for this hotel. It's more than 48 hours out, so I can't cancel it. I was like texting people saying like, hey, you know, I, you know, I want to, you know, basically, um, I'm thinking about going. And I was like, all right. So I wake up. All right. Go to bed at like 1. Get out. And uh, I wake up at like uh, 6.30 in the morning and I basically um, decide like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to full send. So I go, I get in my car, I drive all the way to Dallas by myself. I go check into the hotel. I get to Dallas at like, I think it's like an eight hour, eight and a half hour drive. So it's like almost nine hours. So I get there at like three in the afternoon or something like that. Like not too crazy. It's like three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon. And I don't know really anybody else at the event. So I'm basically at this, at this SCG event, like by myself in a hotel <laughs> room by myself, just like playing in a tournament by my, I'm just like the loneliest magic player of all time. <laughs> and like, what was, what was crazy is like the, uh, I, on Sunday, I like was playing, I think I scrubbed out like, really late day two. So like I scrubbed out like, I think it was the last round I lost and I didn't make it to day two. And so I was like, all right, well they have a, you know, the classics on Sunday. So I'll go play in the classic. Um, I go and play in the classic, a bunch of stuff happened. The classic went like super late. I get done with the classic and it's like 
four or five o'clock. And I'm like, okay, great. Like now I have a nine hour drive back from Dallas on a Sunday and I'm not leaving Dallas until four 30 or five o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't eaten all day. And I'm like, I got to stop and get some eat, stop and get some eat, whatever. I basically like, I have to be at work obviously the next day. So I leave, I end up like actually being on the road, on the road with like no stops at like six 30. So like, that's like a nine hour drive. So I'm like, all right, well, I literally pull up to my apartment at seven. It was actually, I was living in a house at the time. So I pull up to my house at like seven 15 in the morning after driving <laughs> all night. Dude, I'm hyped uh, up on, I'm, I'm like free basing five hour energy. <laughs> I'm, I'm the snorting them, yeah, like I'm just like, I'm boiling them on a spoon at this point. Like I'm just like, <laughs> anything that can keep me awake. I go and I, I basically, I basically roll into my house at seven 15 in the morning. I'd be at work at eight. I walk in, I take a shower, I change and I drive directly to work and I stay up at work for the entirety of that Monday. And that Monday night, I just basically died. Like I was so tired. So, and I was like, honestly, it wasn't worth it. Like it was because I wanted to go and it was like a tournament at the time, but um, you know, it just, it really in the long run, after I think about it now, I'm like, dude, you should have just been Not like, worth. <laughs> yeah, you should have just been like, screw it. Like, but if he would have won the event, loss, you would have been like, true, worth. true. But true. So, but I, if you didn't go, I also think it's worse if you travel by yourself because like you don't have people to like really hang out with. I ended up hanging out with, uh, I think I ended up, I think I ended up going to the, uh, I, I don't know. I ended up going to like a, a local restaurant, like right across the street from my hotel with some people or like, I saw them from the tournament earlier. I played against one of them or something. And I walked in there, like to sit at the bar by myself and like, you know, have a beer, calm down, whatever. And, uh, I saw them and they kind of invited me over to their table and I sat with them and talked with them for a little bit. So that was cool. That's so. Um, was but, that yeah. the um, was that the same event that Novak got left at? No, that was a different Dallas event, but it was okay. close. <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah. yeah, shout out to shout out to that. I I had that dude's back though. Oh yeah. God, I, I don't even want yeah. to that story. That shit's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Maybe maybe at another episode we'll talk about uh, something around a similar topic. That's fair. Trying to All remember right. if that was at that Dallas or not. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. Well, do you guys have any other anything else you guys want to talk about before we close it out? I think we're. Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Personally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining was... me, B Money and BSC. Did you say something, yeah. B Money? No, no, no. Go okay, dope. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for joining me. I do appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening and joining us on the second episode of the Completed Podcast. We wish you guys luck in any standard challenges or events you might have this weekend. And uh, we'll keep you guys in our thoughts. Anyways, I will see you guys next week. And don't forget, uploads every Friday. Y'all be safe. Y'all take care. And I'll see you guys later. Bye. See ya.